Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Dave, three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com. If you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, we'd appreciate it if you would... First, click on the Amazon link on the Rocktail Hour homepage or affiliates page, and Amazon will send us a few dollars to help fund the free podcast. Today, Dave is going to bring us the story behind Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. All right. Well, thanks, Trig. I am a fan of Imagine Dragons, and I think it's important that we do make sure to treat some current songs in our podcast. One, to prove that we're not old guys, but two, there's still good rock tunes coming out that uh, I don't know if they're as timeless as the other ones we're doing, but there's there's good music being put out there right now, I think, and it's worth treating. I'll make a prediction. I think Adele is going to be timeless. I'm not sure. You know, we've done Adele. We've done Foster the People. Um, now we're doing Imagine Dragons. Uh, if I were going to pick from those three, I, I, would, I would be willing to bet that Adele is going to be timeless. Adele is the singer of the greatest Bond theme of all time. Yeah, that I would agree. And with that. I, I don't care, I don't care what kind of a Bond militant freak you are. Okay, even it's better than Goldfinger. It's better than all of those. Her voice was perfectly yeah, suited for that absolutely. song too. And and it sounded like James Bond. That's yeah. that's the thing. You heard that song, and before I even knew it was the James Bond theme, I I just said that sounds like a James Bond theme. That's right. That's and then. Uh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. Like the way she even she says it with a really heavy English accent. We'll edit this part out, but why? I love the spontaneous conversation. Yeah, it's probably right. As long as we don't derail too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it in. So I am a fan of Imagine Dragons, but there are four other reasons why I decided to do this, other than the fact that it's a current song. One, it's a complete number one favorite of my kids so i'm trying to garner some interest from my kids into the rocktail hour and maybe try and regain some of the coolness i had when they were littler <laughs> um, yeah, get them started with the first podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, second i saw a live version of this song performed by imagine dragons on itunes festival and it was really good i was thoroughly impressed with it which by the way do you guys ever watch itunes festival no. You need to go to your Apple devices and download the iTunes Festival app. There are live concerts that are sponsored and done by Apple and iTunes of so many good bands. It's hmm. ridiculous. You can watch live, really well done, well um, kind of high def, really well recorded. Sound quality is great. Cool. You can watch the whole concert. It's awesome. So anyway, I saw that. Uh, that impressed me. Um, third, a friend of mine just saw Imagine Dragons in New York, and he's texting me during the show. And he was all caps saying, Imagine Dragons is covering Tom Sawyer, and they crushed it. Wow. And I said, Imagine Dragons can play Rush? I'm like, that's impressive. Is cool there a deal. YouTube version of that? We might need to take a break. We might need to take a break and check it out. Maybe after this, we're going to have to see. All right. Um, fourth, I saw an episode recently of, Imp I just saw it recently. It's not a recent episode of this uh, TV show called Impractical Jokers. Are you guys fans of Impractical Jokers? Do you know what show that is? I've never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything other than go into YouTube, type in Impractical Jokers, Imagine Dragons. These guys basically are four lifelong friends that prank each other and they have to do, they have earpieces in, they have to do in really awkward public situations, whatever their friends oh, are telling them to that. do. I have seen that. And oh, do they funny. earn money, right? 
do they earn money based on how far they that's another show no it might be a different one this one yeah. is like if you fail at the task then they keep score and each each episode is a contest and then the guy that loses or the guys that lose have to do this massively embarrassing thing and anyway, what these guys did is uh, Imagine Dragons partnered with this TV show and Practical Jokers, and these guys had to open for the Imagine Dragons at a 14,000-person arena. They they can't play music. They don't know how to play guitar or drums, and they, had to, and they have to bust out lyrics and the names of the songs impromptu as they're talking to them in their earpiece. Wow. Anyway, it is absolutely hilarious. They have to... <laughs> They had, they, they had to get out there and say, we're really excited to be opening for the Imagination Dragons, <laughs> which is just like an, an insult and an affront to the whole audience. So they're getting booed. Anyway, just go check it out on YouTube. It cracked me up. Um, so anyway, let's talk about the song and, uh, on the al- and the album itself. So it's the opening song on their debut album, Night Visions. The song was released to the radio in April 2012 and was the band's first top 10 single. Um, interestingly, the song currently holds the all-time record for the most weeks spent on the Billboard Hot 100 charts at 82 weeks. Wow. Any other band in history. I was blown away by that. Wow. So this song, commercially, which we're going to talk about in a second, has had huge success. It was the third best-selling song of 2013 behind Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines and Macklemore's Thrift Shop. Do you guys even know those songs or artists? I know, I know the Thrift Shop song. I've heard that. Actually, Macklemore, I, I respect. I don't have his album. I don't listen to that kind of music. But he was one of those guys that um, had he thought really great music and he wasn't getting the kind of deals he wanted from the record labels. So he did everything on his own, self-produced and released it on the internet and became a huge deal. So if you listen to his songs, he's, he's a rapper. It's, it's rap music, but he's rapping about how, hey, record labels, you pass me by, look who's on top now. And he's crushing it right now. Number, like, like I said, number two song all of last year in 2013. So here's a question for you guys. Why do you think, and this is straying from the song a little bit, but why do you guys think that pop and rap music is so popular relative to rock and roll today? You look at the top songs, and this one, this you know, as we're going to talk about here, Imagine Dragons, and in particular the song Radioactive, it's a rock song. It's thought of as a rock song, but it has elements of kind of pop and electronic dance music in it. But we live in an age today where the popularity of music is driven largely by pop and rap artists at least it seems to me so are we are we losing as rock fans do you guys think or what's your perspective i know exactly why and i can't speak for pop and i've not always been a real pop fan although i do like christopher cross but um (laughs) rap i think i think the popularity by and large is is driven by something that allows people to be rebellious and uh rock and roll isn't really rebellious anymore because everybody's parents listen to it and want to go oh, see the concert, you know, and, okay. and rap all, everybody's parents hate rap, you know, yeah. and not only that, but it's <laughs> controversial and it's stuff that your parents don't want you to listen to. Yeah. So I think at least with respect to rap, I think that's a, a big reason why. Well, that's an interesting perspective. Um, what I will say about this, which is kind of nice that a rock song, Imagine Dragons, Radioactive, was the most streamed song of 2013 on Spotify. It sold more digital copies, five and a half million, in a calendar year than any other rock act in history. Hmm. Wow. So these guys are writing this song that's getting a massive amount of commercial success, um, and it's a rock tune, so I think that's cool. So even though it's classified as a rock song, as we talked about earlier, it's got elements of electronic dan- dance music and dubstep, 
dubstep is an electronic form of dance music that originated in London in the late 90s. So you do have a lot of infusion of kind of, uh, you know, digitized type of music, but it kind of gives it a little bit of a postmodern feel when you listen to the song for me, which dovetails well with the lyrics. Uh, let's go into a little bit of depth re uh, relative to the commercial success. So this song became popular in our entertainment culture as a staple in commercials, sports, video games, and TV shows. It's kind of covered the whole gamut, which is interesting. So the video game, Assassin's Creed, uh, Major League Baseball 2013, and the NBA 2014, they all have this song in it. Sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> It's been used for premiere shows on the History Channel, HBO, and several American TV shows like Graceland and Chicago Fire, all recent shows. Um, this was on the commercial of Dr. Dre's Beats headphones starring LeBron James. Have you guys seen that commercial? shows LeBron James shooting hoops with the Beats headphones in. Imagine Dragons, Radioactive is what's playing on it. Um, it's in sports. It's the walk-on music for a number of professional Major League Baseball pitchers in the stadiums. Uh, pro soccer teams in the U.S. are using it, and then ESPN uses it for Monday Night Football. So this song, I think, as we'll talk about relative to the content, lends itself really well to a variety of different mediums in our current kind of entertainment culture. Wait, what happened to Are You Ready for Some Football? <laughs> They're not playing that anymore? When was that? I don't... <laughs> Ten years ago. Yeah, 90s? Yeah. All right. Um, the song's also done really well internationally. It reached number one in Sweden and broke the top 20 in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the UK. So it's, uh, like I said, a commercially, a commercially very popular song. Let's talk about the lyrics and the meanings and the meaning of the song. Uh, Dan Reynolds, who's their lead singer and songwriter, he said this, quote, Radioactive to me is a very masculine and powerful sounding song, and the lyrics behind it, there's a lot of personal story behind it, but generally speaking, it's a song about having an awakening, kind of waking up one day and deciding to do something new and see life in a fresh way. So the song's lyrics speak of apocalyptic and revolutionary themes. So it starts off saying this, I'm waking up to ash and dust, this is it, the apocalypse. The band has publicly maintained that it's secular, but they are practicing members of the Mormon church, which is interesting. And the lyrics of the song have prompted some music critics to attribute its popularity, at least in part, to the spiritual nature of the content. So there's this music critic called Ann Powers, and she's with NPR. And she said that the song, quote, taps into one of rock's favorite subject areas, and that is religious or spiritual imagery. It's an, it's an apocalyptic theme. It's end of times. It's straight out of the book of Revelation, end quote. Um, I actually disagree with this. I don't think this song has reached its popularity because people listen to the song and think it has something to do with Christianity or the New Testament. Um, as Reynolds said, he said this, quote, it's basically a song about my struggle with anxiety and depression. It's about becoming self-empowered and rising above that. I wanted to write a masculine and primal song about conjuring and rising above human weakness. So I don't know, I, you know, generally speaking, I, I view kind of religion and spirituality as very separate compartments compo compared to rock and roll. I don't think kind of Christian elements or religious elements have much of a driving force behind most of rock and roll. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Christian elements? Yeah, or, or let's broaden it, religious elements generally. No, but I think spiritual elements do. Fair to say. Spiritual elements in a, in a very significant way. Sure. But as far as it relates to religion, I don't think that's a driving force behind most rock music. For I'm a pretty religious person. 
<laughs> I, I will tell you the first time I heard Dark Side of the Moon, and I say this without any exaggeration, it was a pretty spiritual experience. You know, it's very moving to hear that for the very first time. I would agree. In fact, I think the whole reason that we, that music touches people on the level that it does is because of the spiritual nature of music. Sure. Um, I just, you know, and, re and really, tr for me, by the way, religion and spirituality should never be divorced. They're one and the same. But as it relates to a specific religion, whether it be Christianity or, Christianity or anything else, I just don't see that as being a really tight marriage with rock and roll oh, as I no. see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, um, but I agree with you. I think that's an actually a really interesting point about uh, music in general. I've listened to music that's, you know, had me close to tears in mm -hmm. some in some instances because the emotion is conveyed so powerfully and so dramatically in a medium that you can't do otherwise, uh, I think. So So anyway, uh, a couple final notes on the song's accolades. The band received two Grammy nominations for Record of the Year and Best Rock Performance and one for the latter. It's been certified six times platinum by the RIAA, hmm. Record Recording Industry Association of America. What is that, a million sales? Ten million sales? Yeah, so platinum is a million sales, so it's it's sold six million. I mean, these guys, I don't know what the numbers are economically for them, but they must be killing it yeah. financially on this just on this tune alone, which is pretty cool. They probably made more money off of the uh, sponsorships and oh, use yeah. of it other well, – maybe not more, but I'll bet they made a big chunk. The spot, yeah. The licensing out, the licensing out of the of the publishing rights for the song has been huge for them. I'm sure. Yeah, you look at uh, not to keep delving back into the pop world, but my kids are also super huge fans of the Psy guy, the Korean rapper. Oh yeah, uh, Gangnam Style. I I saw a thing where that song alone, and this was when it first came out, so it's probably even more now. That song alone grossed him and his publishing company eight million dollars. Wow. In, in in sales just for one song so we live in an age which is interesting and imagine dragons are kind of on the tip of the spear here where because of the internet and because of how quickly music can proliferate globally it's a kind of just like social media it's it's a new age in terms of how people are communicating and music is playing a role in that and imagine dragons are the beneficiaries with this song which is kind of cool um, so again, it also, this is something I didn't mention earlier, it also holds the record for the longest reign atop the Billboard Hot Rock Songs chart at 23 weeks. So again, this thing came out just a couple years or a year and a half ago or so, and it has just shattered records across the board. So, hmm. you know, as one just final parting comment before we leave this uh, podcast, we got to comment a little bit about the video, which is basically kind of a, a Muppet cockfighting ring. <laughs> and and the, description yeah and, and imagine dragons had interviewed and looked at a lot of different scripts submitted by different kind of video producers and this is the one they chose and for having the a knack for writing really catchy kind of modern tunes that are really successful i can't agree with their choice on video selection i think the video is ridiculous it has lou diamond phillips like some big crime boss smoking a cigar i mean it's it's just absolutely cheeseball to me but um i'm sure i'm sure it reaches some other people and i'm just maybe a little off it can't be worse than muse's uprising video where the the teddy bear goes around destroying buildings and yeah. That was just awful for a great song, too. Yeah. I mean, Uprising is an incredible song, I think. And mm -hmm. and then to 
then they have that video and it's just like what were you thinking and if they went through variations or different versions of scripts what the hell must the the rest of the scripts look like if this is the one that they chose <laughs> totally it must have been horrific so on that front really quick um muse by the way we maybe should maybe i'll have to treat muse on a subsequent rocktail hour i saw them live at the honda center there's a there's only a few bands i think today that have one the music and two the charisma and three the stage presence kind of those are the same thing i guess but to really fill and own an entire stadium mm -hmm. muse has that i don't know if you've ever seen live versions on youtube of, of those yeah, guys playing they are a, an incredible live act i've heard i've heard several sources that cite them as the best live performance band today yeah i would agree hands down I've heard Foo Fighters are good. I need to see the Foo Fighters. Um, but I, I was floored by Musa how good they were live. That is Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. Fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Great story. You can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Please email us at dudesrocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're lame, Please keep that to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on.